Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It's Talking Golf with Ann Liguori on The Fan. Sports Radio 1019 FM and Sports Radio 66 WFAN and WFAN FM New York. Welcome to Talking Golf with Allegory on this Sunday morning, August 27th. Boy, this summer's going fast. And we're coming down to the final two Talking Golf shows of the season. This morning's show and then next Sunday's show before football programming takes over. Talking Golf with Allegory is brought to you by Ivy Cole Luxury Athleisure Apparel for Men and Women. Featuring the exclusive Iceville cooling technology along with UPF 50 plus sun protection. Visit IBKUL.com to learn more. And hey, before we get to golf, the U.S. Open Tennis Championship starts tomorrow. 14 days. Day one tomorrow. Novak Djokovic going for a 24th Grand Slam title. That's unbelievable. He's actually the second match on the Ash Stadium court tomorrow evening after Coco Goff plays Laura Sigmund of Germany. And uh, Iga Swiatek, the top seed in the women's draw, she'll be the first match up on the Ash court in the day session. That starts at noon. And uh, you have Americans Francis Tiafo, Sloane Stevens, Daniel Collins, Christopher Eubanks. Those are a few of the Americans scheduled to play. On day one. Hey, I miss doing those live updates from the U.S. Open, Ed. I don't know if you were at the fan when we used to do reports every 20 minutes. I could not leave that broadcast booth for 14 straight days. It was wild. Anyway, perfect day to play golf out here in the East End. Anywhere here in New York and New Jersey. And the forecast calling for a high of 79 degrees. Uh, out here, but uh, down in Atlanta, Hotlanta, where the PGA Tour season finale, the Tour Championship, concludes today at Eastlake Golf Club. It's been a sauna all week, and uh, the top 30 players have been, been competing there since Thursday for the FedEx Cup. And the winner this afternoon will take home $18 million in bonus money. Not a bad payday. And uh, the way this playoff format works, just reviewing if you're not on top of it, is that the, uh, the top players are rewarded with a head start in this final tournament. So Scotty Scheffler, who was the FedEx Cup points leader, 
after the first two playoff tournaments. He started the tournament on Thursday at 10 under already. So they rewarded him with a start at 10 under. And then Victor Hovland started at 8 under. Rory McIlroy, he started at 7 under. John Rahm at 6 under. Lucas Glover at 5 under. Down the line, it went all the way down to guys in the 26th to 30th position starting Thursday at even par. But after round one, even though Scheffler started the tournament at 10 under, he shot a plus one Thursday, and he found himself one shot back. That's when Colin Morikawa, he started the tournament at one under. He shot a nine under 61 on Thursday. And Keegan Bradley started at three under. He carried a seven under to tie Victor Hovland. All three of those guys led at 10 under for, after the first round. Then in the second round on Friday, it was Hovland and Morikawa carding six unders. They were tied for the lead at 16 under, two shots ahead of Scheffler. And uh, Morikawa following up his 61 with a 664 on Friday, which gave him the lowest 36-hole score, 125 or 36 holes at Eastlake, beating Tiger's record. So it was Morikawa with the share of the lead with Victor Hovland after Friday. But yesterday in round three, Victor Hovland separated himself from the pack. He shot a 466, five birdies, two of them back-to-back after the rain delay, one bogey. He got to 20 under. So he is six shots ahead of Xander Shuffley. So he uh, started, Hovland started the tournament at eight under, as I mentioned, in the number two slot in the FedEx Cup standings after winning the BMW Championship last week. And then he put together three incredible rounds and now has a very decisive lead. And he's going for his second straight victory, his first tour championship title, and his first FedEx Cup title. And while Morikawa played great Thursday and Friday, he struggled yesterday. He shot a plus three, hit a double on the fifth, and and back-to-back bogeys on holes 10 and 11. So he will start the final round this afternoon at 13 under, tied with Keegan Bradley. They are in uh, third place. They are seven shots behind Hovland. Uh, Bradley, he he had an even par yesterday. You have Wyndham Clark and John Rahm. They are at 11 under, nine shots back. And Scotty Scheffler struggled with a plus three yesterday. And so he's at 11 under. He's tied with uh, Clark and Rahm. Uh, he had four bogeys yesterday, and he did birdie one yesterday it was the final hole the par 518 so and he's been struggling with his putter off and on all week but uh, all eyes are on Victor Hovland 25 years old from Norway the former Oklahoma State standout I mean he's just he's played so well all season really he's played great he tied for third at the players championship he tied for seventh at the masters he tied for second at the PJ championship he won the memorial in a playoff, and then last week he won the BMW Championship with that record 61. And if he closes it out this afternoon, he will win 18 million on top of the 3.6 million he won last Sunday. Unbelievable. And a lot of people are talking about this format, you know, of the Tour Championship, the the third and final leg of the FedEx Cup playoffs. I don't really mind the format. It took a bit of getting used to, but, you know, despite the head start at the beginning of the tournament for the top players, you know, you're starting with many shots under par, it it still has been a compelling week with, you know, several guys going way low 
in overcoming Scheffler's huge scoring head start at eight under. And last year, Scheffler, he blew a six-shot lead in the final round. So even with all those strokes, you know, to, to start, uh, anything can happen. Uh, Adam Shupak of Golf Week is in Atlanta covering the Tour Championship, and we will visit with Adam after the 8.40 break. And uh, the big intriguing question awaits. Who will U.S. Ryder Cup captain Zach Johnson pick on Tuesday as his six captains picks? Unbelievable. It's going to be exciting to find, you know, to just hear who he's going to pick. The Ryder Cup, it will be played at Marco Simone Golf Club outside of Rome, Italy, September 29th through October 1st. I can't wait. I've been so excited. I'm going to be over there. And uh, the U.S. team will try to win a Ryder Cup on foreign soil for the first time in 30 years. And in uh, March, I played Marco Simone. Uh, I went on this Costa Cruise Line. Uh, it was a cruise, and you could do this golf excursion as part of this cruise. And uh, Marco Simone was one of the courses that we, we could play. So I wanted to really play it before I went over there for the Ryder Cup and see what it was like. And I like it. It's going to be a lot of fun for the match play. There's a lot of elevation, beautiful views. Uh, you know, they're, they're expecting 40,000 spectators a day. So there's, you know, going to be a lot of great viewing spots for all the, the spectators. And the fairways are wide, but there's a lot of trouble with bunkers everywhere, water hazards. There are holes that are drivable par fours. There are a lot of tough par threes. One is the par three seventeenth, the downhill, very small green, trouble on both sides. That that will provide drama. And then the par five eighteenth, surrounded by bunkers. There's water in the left. So I think it will make for fun finishing holes if the match play extends to those holes coming down the stretch. Because it's really the back nine that uh, I think are going to be very exciting. Uh, well, getting to um, the captain's picks. Okay, so you know that um, Scheffler, uh, Wyndham Clark, Patrick Cantley, Brian Harmon, Max Homa, Xander Shoffley, they automatically get in based on earning you know, spots in the top six of the Ryder Cup standings. So then you have six captain's picks. Now, I'm going to tell you who my picks are. And then I'll go over it with Adam Shupak after the 840 break to see who he thinks um, Zach Johnson's going to pick. But I would definitely pick Brooks Kepka. I personally think, you know, Kepka, by uh, virtue of his winning the PJ Championship and coming in second at the Masters, I definitely think he should be on the team despite the live golf division. You know, the PJ of America runs the Ryder Cup, not the PJ Tour. Uh, but, you know, now it looks like the PJ Tour and the Saudis will be partners. Um, so I just feel like aside from all that drama, Kepka deserves to be on the team based on his play in the majors. And, you know, he has that intimidating presence. Uh, he plays great golf in major settings, and the Ryder Cup is as intense as it gets. So he would definitely be an asset to the American team. So I would definitely pick Brooks Kepka on that team. I'd also have uh, Jordan Spieth as a captain's pick. He's played every Ryder Cup since 2014. Everybody gets along with Spieth. He's a good team player. Um, he's sitting at number eight in the Ryder Cup standings, just after Kepka, who's at seven. 
I definitely would take Colin Morikawa. His record in the 2021 Ryder Cup was 3-0-1. And he's playing great coming down the finish here. He's tied for third at the Tour Championship heading into today's final round. Um, he's just, uh, you, you got to take, you got to take Morikawa. Ricky Fowler, I would take as well. He has played on Ryder Cup since 2010. He won this year for the first time in a, in a long time, the Rocket Mortgage Classic. He climbed up to 13th in the Ryder Cup standings. He's always popular, not only with teammates, but with fans. They love to see him. I would take Lucas Glover. He won back-to-back tournaments recently. He finished in the top six in five of his last seven tournaments. And, of course, he won the uh, Wyndham Championship and the St. Jude Championship back-to-back. He is tied for 14th uh, going into today's final round of the Tour Championships. I would take Keegan Bradley, definitely even though he hasn't played on a Ryder Cup team since 2014. But I think he deserves to be on the team this year. He won two tour events. He won the Travelers Championship. He was runner-up at the Farmers Insurance Open. He shot a 63 this past Thursday at the Tour Championships. He is uh, he was at the top of the leaderboard with Hovland and Morikawa at 10 under earlier this week. He's tied for third, so he's playing well coming down the stretch, and I think you have to look at that as well. So those would be my six, Kepka, Spieth, Morikawa, Fowler, Glover, and Bradley. Unfortunately, that leaves out Sam Burns, Cameron Young, Justin Thomas, Danny McCarthy. So, I mean, there's so many great you know, guys that could be on the team. So. so we'll get to We'll talk a little bit more about that later in the show. But those are my picks for the record. The LPGA, they're at the CPKC Women's Open in Vancouver, British Columbia. And this is the final qualifying event for the U.S. team for the Solheim Cup, which will take place in Spain September 22nd to the 24th. And Megan Kang has a three-shot lead over Cy Young Kim. Jinyo Ko is five back. Kang birdied for the last five holes. She shot a 468 yesterday, and she's 11 under overall. She's 25 years old. She is looking for her first LPGA title. And the Solheim Cup, they figure out their uh, players a little differently. The top seven players from their points list qualify for the team. In addition to the two highest-ranked players in the women's world golf rankings who are outside those top seven. And uh, Stacey Lewis is the U.S. Solheim Cup captain. She will then have three captain's picks. So four of the nine automatic qualifiers are already in. Lilia Vu, she won three times this season, including two major titles. Nellie Korda is auto- automatically in. Allison Corpus, who won the U.S. Women's Open, she's in. And Megan Can is in. Uh, then you have Jennifer Cupcho, Daniel Kang, uh, Lexi Thompson. Lexi is uh, ranked 21 in the world, but she's the fourth highest American you have Andrea Lee, Ellie Ewing, they could be in there. Rose Zhang and uh, Angel Yin could be in there as well. Uh, you know, there are a couple other women. Um, Cheyenne Knight, Ryan O'Toole, Mar- Marina Alex, they're inside the top 15 of the points as well, hoping for a captain's pick. And uh, the U.S. Senior Women's Open, that's happening at Waverly Country Club in uh, Portland, Oregon. We had Jill McGill on a couple weeks ago, the defending champion. Joanne Carner. What about Joanne Carner? The legendary Joanne Carner, 84 years young. She carded an 80 on Thursday. 
So six times she has matched or shot below her age in the championship. Just unbelievable. Good for her. And heading into today's final round, Trish Johnson fired a 567. She grabbed a one-shot lead over Katriana Matthew, Lita Lindley, and more done. Bowls are two back. Annika Sormstan, she shot an even par yesterday. She's at plus one. She is five shots back. Her sister, Charlotta, is at plus two, six shots back. All right, coming up, PGA of America Hall of Fame golf instructor, Michael Hebron. He has won every award you can win as a golf instructor. He's spoken throughout the world. He's authored five books, hundreds of articles. He's known for how he delivers information to students. And more about the art and zen of learning golf as one of his books is titled. We'll learn all about that learning process in golf from Michael Hebron when we come back. But first, let me tell you that Ivy Cool Luxury Athleisure Wear for both men and women offers the highest performance-driven apparel to look and feel your best on and off the course. Ivy Cool offers multifunctional, intelligent, moisture sensor fabrics featuring the exclusive Icefield technology that cools your skin up to five degrees so you can stay cool, comfortable, and odor-free on hot and humid days. Ivy Cool Apparel also features UPF 50 sun protection, colorful, stylish, ultra-soft fabrics with the latest technology to protect your skin. Look and feel your best. Learn more at ibcool.com. It's Talking Golf with Anne Liguori on The Fan. Welcome back to Talking Golf. Hope you're having a great morning so far on this beautiful Sunday morning. And it is my pleasure to say hello to the extraordinary Michael Hebron, world-renowned golf instructor, recipient of many awards for his teachings. Michael has studied extensively about the art and zen of learning golf, which is the title of one of his many books on the subject. And uh, Michael teaches on Long Island at Smithtown Landing. Welcome to Talking Golf, Michael. Good morning. Good morning, man. I have five of your books sitting right on my desk. <laughs> wow. And, uh, I, you know, I'm getting through them, so I'm hoping my handicap will improve. But um, what prompted you to focus in on the study of the actual learning process of golf? That's a good question. Um, but first, thanks for all you do to promote the game of golf. Um, and thanks for having me on your show. Oh, my pleasure. Um, Several years ago, I was waiting for a student uh, I thought I was doing a very poor job with, and I was supposed to be this recognized instructor, and it was very confusing to me uh, what was missing. And my awe moment was uh, I had some information, but uh, I had very few insights into how people learn anything, whether it's in a classroom, business, or in coaching. So I started to study how learning happens and how important the the brain is the gateway to learning. And some of my approaches back then were not connecting with how people actually learn. I was just providing information without doing it a way that they could uh, learn from it and remember it and then put it to use later. So that, that was the starting point. And so where did you study? I know you said you went to Harvard. You went to all these different areas to to really uh, learn. Harvard got a kick. Uh, They have a uh, graduate school of education, and uh, it's called Connecting the Brain and Learning. And uh, I I got hold of them, and they kind of got a kick out of an athlete coach Hmm. showing an interest in, in, in their topic. 
So they permitted me to come up, and I spent 30 hours at Harvard studying it. Uh, I spent a week with UCLA Learning Lab and took 80 hours of courses in how the brain learns. They're actually workshops, so uh, and I continue uh, continue every week, every day, learning what I can about how people learn, and uh, it's been very enlightening. You could well, say you... I was kind of in charge uh, of the uh, of the session. I call them sessions now mm-hmm. because the lesson is not what I say; it's what students take away, and uh, it's a much more thorough way of looking at it. And the way we say things matters. You could have a good piece of information, and the way you say it makes a difference on whether they will remember it or not. And what you try to do is uh, ask a little bit of a Socratic question and ask them, give them choices. You know, which one? Do you like A, B, or C? And it helps them when they discover the answer. We, I like to think of it as... Uh, Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Uh, Giving them the tools to become their own best uh, teacher because they're going to be on the golf course by themselves. And two of the big insights is uh, you're not really learning how to hit a golf ball. The ball is in the way of emotion. And uh, that the outcomes you don't like, the unintended outcomes, are really your teacher for what to do different. Uh, don't see them as something to fix because it's actually over. The pot, the shot is over. It's like baking a pie uh, that you burned. You can't, you can't fix it. And instead of having a fixing mindset when you're playing golf or training your game, you have a mindset you pay attention to what to do, not what to fix. Uh, I think a good way of thinking about it is it's a positive approach, not a negative approach. If you're trying to fix something, it's very negative. If you're trying to train something, it's much more positive. Uh, in fact, I use, the, I use the word train. I suggest people train 
and when they when they're having trouble, they're not as difficult on themselves if they went down to practice. A doctor and a lawyer has a practice after they've trained. So I suggest to people to go down and train what you're going to apply on the golf course. All right. So here are some a, of the here are some of Michael. Here are some of the takeaways from from your book that that hit me. Okay, the art and zen of learning golf, which I think could be helpful for golfers of all ability levels. Okay, how we move our body is determined by our mindset. The body will do what the brain commands. The right side of the brain gives the body a picture to copy and feel. So pictures in our mind are so much more effective as a learning tool than words. Basically, that's what you're saying, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And the feel, there's new research. I wrote that book years ago, See and Feel. And there's now current research that says when you put a feel with your personal feel with that, that's a very good point you make. That picture and that feel becomes the quarterback. And you, you see it and you feel it before you do it. Right. So, so the process starts in, in your brain, moves to the body, then to the club, and finally to the ball. And the best way for a golfer to learn is for the mind to communicate with the body, try to see and feel the shot beforehand. So what you're basically teaching is really visualizing the shot before you do it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And each one will be different. That's a big bridge for people to call. You can't control the golf ball. If we could control the golf ball, pros wouldn't miss greens and fairways. What you can control is what you're pointing out. It's kind of like the meeting before the doors open in the business world. You can control what you think about before you uh, before you address the golf ball, and then just then just play golf. You know, right, don't but you, play you know, golf. But you have to you have to have the understanding, a solid understanding of the fundamentals of the golf swing before you can visualize it properly, right? So you have to break it down to grip, stance, posture, alignment, and balance, right? I mean, you, you have yes. to visualize it properly before you can hit the ball. Well, we like to say before you swing the club. Right. Um, we, uh, we didn't learn to drive a car. We learned what to do with a steering wheel, brake pedal, and gas pedal so we could learn to drive the car. So the learning approach based on the tool. The tool is the golf club, and we're learning what to do with the tool. You make a good point. So now after reading The Art and Zen of Learning Golf, um, when I was practicing on the range a few days ago, you know, I, I took your advice. I took time between practice swings. You know, you don't have to go out there and, and hit a million balls, yet, but you have to hit meaningful. Uh, you have to think about it. Yeah, you thought about each swing. You always swing to a target. I think that's very important when you're practicing. Uh, Ed, Absolutely. my engineer, was saying how he loves to go to the range and hit balls. Well, you have to make those practices meaningful. Hit to a target. And then personally for me, knowing what my biggest mistakes are, you know, I took Bobby Jones' advice, which you included in your book. He, he said the proper order of the movement is body first, then arms, and last club head. So my question to you is when you get the hips moving in the proper direction, the challenge for me is not to sway and move the entire body. So what should one think about to get the body moving in the right direction in that takeaway? Well, the, bo the body's moving in a circle. It stays inside your feet. A lot of people that don't play a lot of golf or play golf just on the weekends, when they go in motion, 
they're they're sliding outside their back foot and their front foot instead of feeling a rotation inside the feet is the picture I use that you you stay inside your feet when you play golf. Right. I mean, it's a, it's you know that movement is so important, yet it's sometimes very difficult to yes. perfect, right? Yeah. It, well, it, it is because you know we ha- the average person has a family and business and uh, has less time than say somebody who is playing in high school, college, or for a living. So you you try to maximize that time, but you know each each year, each week, you can improve. And to keep your spirits up that it's time on task and it's uh, not like a math problem that once you know the equation, it happens every time. And keep in mind, it doesn't happen every time for the, uh, for the golfer uh, who plays for a living. Right. There's, there's ups and downs and sometimes it's hard for the average golfer to realize that. It's a lifelong learning process, golf. People yep, think, oh, I, I, can get, I can take a couple lessons and go out and play, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get this. No, it, it takes – I mean, the pros miss short putts. The pros struggle every day with their swings, and they have yes. full-time instructors yeah. and, and psychologists following them around and trying to you know, figure everything out. But, Michael, you've had truly a long and an impressive career. What have been some of your own personal highlights? Well, I, I think um... – well, being being named to the World Golf Teachers Hall of Fame and certainly is a, a very big honor to be into the PGA Hall of Fame is a big honor, um, and it's it's just uh, to be in a uh, profession uh, that is uh, helping people uh, is uh, golf's been very kind to me. Um, I sometimes use the uh, the metaphor that uh, I ask are great companies consistent and the great com- the greatest companies aren't consistent. They handle the bad year better than their competition. And so that's, I'm trying to pass that message along. There's a great book out there that I, that I didn't write golf from point a by Susie Myers, who played at uh, who played the tour for a long while, but is now a very competent teacher. And she points out that it's, it's one shot at a time. That this you stand there and this shot has no future and no past. You just stay in the present, which is what uh, you, you brought up when you went on the golf course. You tried to stay with one shot at a time. And you'll hear, the pro, you'll hear the pros talk about that, staying in the presence. Not thinking about the next shot, not thinking about the leaderboard, not thinking about the overall consequences of your game that particular day. Just one shot at a time. And that is so difficult to do. It's such an Absolutely. important point. Absolutely. And when you, when you figure that out, when you're com- figuring out is just being comfortable with it. As you stand on the first tee, nobody can predict their score. It, it's just something that's different every day. And if you can find a place for that emotionally, uh, you're gonna, it's going to be a great step towards progress. To and be as Nancy Lopez says, have fun with it. Play happy golf. I love yes. her positivity. Absolutely. Michael, thank you so much. MichaelHebron.com. That's Michael, H-E-B-R-O-N.com. Continued success. It's really a pleasure to be reading all of your teachings here, all these books. I really appreciate you sending me these books and uh, continued success. Just what a great career you have and continue to have. 
Well, thank you for your kind words. Have a great day. Thank you so much. All right, coming up, Adam Shupak of Golf Week is at the Tour Championship in Atlanta, the Tour Finale. We'll get his insight from Eastlake, and we'll also talk about the Ryder Cup, the six captains' picks, who he thinks should be the captains' picks. All that coming up, but first let me tell you that as the brand ambassador for Ivy Cool, I can attest to the high-quality, high-quality, performance-driven leisure apparel line that is perfect to wear on and off the course. All this, plus a wide variety of colorful and stylish silhouettes in tops, shorts, pants, skirts, and trusses. <coughs> Excuse me. And men can choose from any styles as well. Look your best, protect your skin. Learn more at ibkul.com. It's Talking Golf with Ann Liguori on The Fan. Talking golf with Anne McGlory, and uh, we go down to Atlanta, where the PJ Tour finale is taking place, the Tour Championship final round this afternoon at Eastlake Golf Club, and Adam Shupak of Golf Week joins us. Adam, really appreciate you coming on the show. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. In hot Atlanta, what is it, 99.9 degrees <laughs> down there? Yeah, I think, it's, I think they say it's going down to 97 today is the high, but uh felt 105 yesterday, and it's it's pretty brutal, and you know when it, I, I guess a little bit of relief, but I don't know if we'll feel it. it once you get that hot, it's just it's just damn hot. Oh my gosh! Well, you're in Florida, so you're kind of used to that weather, especially in the summer. But hey, Victor Hovland, twenty under, six shots ahead of Xander Shoffley. Just Victor's just played brilliant, winning that BMW Championship last Sunday, shooting that incredible low round a week ago, 61. Um, well, I would think today all he has to really do is shoot maybe one under, two under, and it, it should be a huge payday for him. Yeah, I think he's in great position. But, you know, we say that, and, and last year, uh, Scotty Scheffler woke up early on Sunday morning. They had to finish the third round, birdied four of the last six holes, and he had a six-stroke lead. It was gone before the turn as, you know, he struggled, made a, made three birdies early, uh, sorry, bogeys early. And, and uh, I talked to Rory after the round yesterday. I said, you know, what's, how do you do this? And he goes, well, you just got to go out, put your head down, you know, try to get off to a hot start and hope that the guy who's in front, you know, doesn't, doesn't get off to a hot start. And, you know, that's kind of what happened last year. So there's a lot of pressure. I mean, I think, I think it's, you know, Victor said he couldn't even remember if he's had a six stroke lead in a college tournament or, or, or in something in amateur golf. So this is a bit of unfamiliar territory. Last week he was, he was coming from behind. He, he was way back, uh, heading into the weekend. I think it was seven or eight back. And so, you know, he had an incredible charge was still down four heading into the back nine on Sunday. So I don't think this thing's over yet, but you know, yeah, he's up six and it's a touchdown. That's a lot in golf. And, the way he's playing, I think he's going to be tough to beat. Yeah, I don't see him giving up that lead, but as you say, it has been done. And, you know, this is a just kind of a weird format, right, where the top players, they're rewarded with kind of a head start, you know, with these shots. And, and Scotty Scheffler started at 10 under. Victor Hovland started at 8 under. This was before they even, you know, the, their first ball was hit on Thursday. And Scheffler gave up that lead right off the – off the bat, right on the in the first round, and yeah. uh, I don't know. Maybe that pro- is more pressure on these guys because they start with all these leads, you know, with this kind of format. Yeah, I think the format def- is an improvement over what it used to be when you know they had to have the whiteboard out and you didn't really know what was happening, and then 
you know, used to have it where the, the person who won the turn the final tournament on Sunday didn't necessarily win the press, the uh, sorry, FedEx cup. Um, so I think it's, it's better than it used to be, but I still, I don't really love it. It feels like a little too much like a net tournament at a, at a, at a country club rather than what, you know, is supposed to be this playoffs and the, and the biggest event of the season that you don't, you don't do this anywhere else. And then, give the guys the lead at, the, at this stage of the playoffs. It's, it's a, it, I think there's still room for improvement, but I, I do like it. I think it for uh, the viewers at home, it's a little easier to follow along. Oh, it's definitely easier to follow than it used to be. And they've been tweaking this for a number of years and I guess I've gotten used to it. So, you know, I, I'm not, it doesn't irritate me anymore, but, um, but, you know, talking about like, you know, the money that these guys are going to, once somebody's going to win today, and they're all going to win huge money, obviously, but it's just insane money. And if Hovland closes it out today, he'll win 18 million. This is after the 3.6 million he won last Sunday. And you wrote in your column yesterday that these top players want to play against the top players in the world, and they say it's really not about the money. But I mean, come on, they're all multimillionaires anyway, Adam, right? So yeah. I mean, I know it's a lot of it's about pride and it's about playing the top players and and beating the top players in the game. But um, these guys are doing very very well financially. Yeah, they've all been. Uh, we we've seen you know from Phil Mickelson to all, to, to Bryson Deshaun, all these players that have left to go to live for guaranteed money. I mean, the money still is very important, but it does it is a little bit refreshing to hear these guys talk about like wanting to really like it is a it is still at that level. They've made so much money that the money somewhat becomes not insignificant, but you know it's not something they're thinking about on every shot the way we would be. And I think uh, I think it's nice to hear them talk about wanting to win trophies rather than have such a, a focus on the money. Well, yeah, I mean they can't think about all the money that they could win. Otherwise, they couldn't hit a ball, right? And we were talking <laughs> to Michael Hebron in the last segment. We we're talking about staying in the presence. That's what these guys talk about. It's so hard to do. But um, another big question before we get to your Ryder Cup captain's picks. Uh, who are you picking for player of the year? Because especially this week, it's really difficult to pick, you know, between Scotty Scheffler, John Rahm. Do you think Victor Hovland counters into that or no? I think he's he's made a late charge. But to me, um, you know, John Rahm has the major and I think, you know, and four wins, which will still be more than, you know, Victor, if he wins today, that'll be his third victory of the season. I think four wins, one of them being a major is, uh, you know, the consistency this year, Scotty Scheffler has been remarkable, but, you know, winning still to me trumps everything. And I think uh, what, what John Rahm was able to do so dominant through, through April, those first few months were incredible. He's tailed off a little bit now in the playoffs, but um, I, I still think the the fact that he won the Masters and 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 the most vic, the most victories this season it was at world number one for a while. I, I think he's going to get that trophy. All right, so yeah, John Rahm, he won four times. He won the Century Tournament of Champions. He won the Amex. He won the Genesis Invitational, and as you mentioned, the Masters, ten top tens, two runners up. Scotty Scheffler, he won the Phoenix Open and the Players Championship with two runners up including uh, last week at the BMW runner-up. but uh, So you're going with John Rahm. And, yeah, his wins came earlier in the year, and then he kind of, um, you know, he hasn't done as much. He is, where is he now? He is tied for fifth. He's at 11 under today. 
uh, so significantly back. He's tied with, ironically, with Scotty Scheffler. They're both at 11 under, tied for fifth going into the final round today. Yeah, if you had told me the two of them were going to be tied for the league going into the final down, final day, I'd be all pumped that, okay, these two guys are going to be you know, tied for the lead, and they're you know, one of them's going to win, and that'll probably decide the player of the year. But no, they they both really struggled on Saturday. Uh, Rom had some trouble off the tee, hit hit it into the water on on eight, made a double, and just didn't have uh, his usual stuff. And then Scheffler continuing to struggle with the putter, a bunch of three putts, and and uh, that club has just kept him from. I mean, he, this could have been a uh, a Tiger Woods type year if, if he puts a little better. Just his ball striking has been right there with Tiger Woods. Uh, some of his best years and if he can get that club figured out I mean he's just going to be the toughest guy to beat he's already pretty darn good but uh, I think that's just the that's the one thing that's been holding him back and it, it did on Saturday in particular hey putting woes right I mean you got to put it all together and even these pros can't do that but um, all right on Tuesday the U.S. Ryder Cup captain, Zach Johnson, he will announce his six captain's picks. It's going to be interesting, I think. And just to review, the top six automatically get in. So Scotty Scheffler's already in, Wyndham Clark, Patrick Cantley, Brian Harmon, Max Homa, and Xander Shoffley. Those, are, those six players are guaranteed a spot. But what about the six captain's picks, Adam? Now, I'm going to go through mine, and you tell me if you okay. agree. I'm going to say definitely Brooks Kepka. He, has, he should definitely be in there. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, he was he was he just missed out. He was number seven. He got bumped the last day and and hardly you know got any opportunity to earn points because he's playing on the Live Tour, having won the PGA Championship, um, second at the Masters. You know, he has shown to me that he's back to being Brooks Kepka. He's healthy again, and uh, I think he's a guy that has that intimidating factor that you want on the team going into a, you know, going on the road. I think he's going to be a, a real asset. And you know, in huge occasions like the Ryder Cup, which doesn't get you know, doesn't get much bigger than that, uh, he's gonna he's gonna shine. All right, Jordan Spieth. I say yes on Jordan. I mean, he's in the Ryder Cup um, points. He is what eight right behind Kepka. Um, I definitely. I mean, he's been on so many Ryder Cups, and um, everybody likes him. He's a great team player. I say yes for Jordan. What do you say? I do too. Uh, I love his veteran leadership. He makes a great team with Justin Thomas. I'm, I'm, we'll wait to see if he's on your team, but uh, if you think he belongs. But but I, I love having Jordan on that team as kind of the veteran already at, at 30. Um, you know he's he's been on a couple of losing teams on the on in, uh, international matches, so he really wants to win on foreign soil more than I think any of these guys. The fact that he's suffered through two of those defeats. Um, has been grading on him, and and he talked about it right from the uh, Ryder Cup press conference at Whistling Straits. He was very adamant that you know there's unfinished business, and so I, I want him on the team. Definitely, I also take Colin Morikawa. I mean, his record at the Ryder Cup in 2021 was three zero and one. He's play, He's hot this weekend. He's. I mean, Thursday and Friday played great. He's tied for third currently with uh, Keegan Bradley, who I will also take on this team. Uh, I know we're running out of time. So what do you think about Keegan Bradley? I mean, he won the Travelers. He's played really well coming down the stretch here. I definitely would love to see Keegan on this team. I want both those guys. Keegan Bradley still got the bag packed from 2012 defeat. And I read uh, he's that ready to unpack column. it. <laughs> I love that. That suitcase it. is in his garage and he has not unpacked it? 
Yeah. That's crazy. I mean, that's just, that's Keegan for you. But he, he's, he wants to be on this team so badly and, and uh, it's been a long time and, and he's putting great again. That was his problem. He's 26th in strokes game putting this year. I want him on the team. And what about Ricky Fowler? I say yes on Ricky. Yeah, I would take Ricky too. I think he's had a great comeback year. He's every, improved his game in every way. And uh, I think he works. I think he fits the team chemistry well as well. Okay, and then my six would be Lucas Glover. Of course, he won back-to-back tournaments, uh, the Wyndham Championship, the St. Jude. He's playing well uh, coming down the stretch. I, I don't think you can leave Lucas Glover off this team. Yeah, I, I'm kind of <laughs> contradicting, contradicting myself here because I've always been the fan of the hot hand, but I, I, would not go to, I would not go to Rome without Justin Thomas. I, just, I know he's had really? a, a tough year. But I just believe that that guy is is uh, he, he match play is a different animal. You pair him with Jordan; they're a great team together. The success that that Justin's had, both home and away, he's he's on track with like the best record of any American in this in these two competitions: sixteen five and three record between the two. Um, I just feel like he's going to step up. He showed me enough that he played well at the Wyndham. That I feel like. You know, he's probably spending this last month of missing out on the playoffs, just working hard on the game and grinding, and he wants to be on this team. And I, and I think I would take him over Lucas Glover, who's never played in, in a Ryder Cup um, and didn't even qualify for the majors this year. I mean, he, this has been out of nowhere. I love what he's doing with that putter, but I think I trust Justin Thomas a little bit more. So you would take JT, who, by the way, has a 6 2 and one Ryder Cup record, which is incredible in the last two Ryder Cups. You would take JT over Cameron Young, Sam Burns. Yeah, I, it's tough to leave some of those young, young talented guys, yeah. especially our our Met golf boy Cameron Young. I mean, he played. He's had a really solid season. He's number nine in the standing. So, you know, by points, he should fit in there. Um, I just, you know, we're going over there. We got to try. It's been thirty years. They've lost six straight on international soil, you know, and, and that we, this team really wants to win. I, I, I got I want Justin Thomas in our corner. Wow. That's going to be a really tough call for Zach Johnson. Cause as you know, JT has been in a slump all season long. He dropped out of the top 10, what for the first time in, in years. And yeah, he just, he even admits he didn't think he deserved to be on the team, but as you say, you know, paired with speed and, and uh, he's had such an a impressive Ryder Cup career. All right. Well, we'll find out Tuesday, Adam Shupak. Hey, enjoy the uh, Tour Championship. I really appreciate you taking some time. And uh, we'll see you at the Ryder Cup in Rome. Yeah, see you in Rome, man. Thanks. Can't wait. Thank you so much. My thanks to Adam Shupak, to Michael Hebron, to Ed Arzuman in the studio. Talking Golf with Anne Ligori is brought to you by Ivy Cool Luxury Athleisure Apparel for Men and Women, featuring the exclusive Iceville cooling technology, along with UPF 50 Plus Sun Protection. Visit IBKUL.com to learn more. Ricky Ricardo is up next. Have a great Sunday, and I look forward to being with you next Sunday morning from 8 to 9 for our final Talking Golf show of this season. Enjoy your day, everybody. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. 
Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.